I forgive you, Chris. <laughs> okay, now we'll have the um, reading of our scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 25. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving the greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Morning. I want to thank all those who were able to make it last Monday night to the community uh, trick-or-treat. And we started kind of scattered about, but we ended up under the great canopy. And uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And being under the canopy reminded me of a group called Big Tent Revival. If you listen to Christian music at all, Big Tent Revival was very popular in the early 2000s. And probably their best song was a song called Two Sets of Joneses. And uh, so we were Big Tent Revival for the community one night during the week, and I just thought that was awesome. Thank you all for being there. It was a lot of fun. Last week, I finished up my series of backward sermons. Uh, I began with that the church is God's physical representation on the earth of what he wants to do to save people and how he wants to minister to people, and that the church is made up of all different kinds of people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, And that all these people that come together, God wants us to treat each other in a certain way, to be kind to one another, to speak to one another in a nice way, and then to be nice to those around us. This morning I want to talk about the work of the church and how God uh, ministers in the church and how he grows the church and how he wants to move the church. And there's no better place to look than 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the Paul sayings. Paul compares the church to a body, and he says the body has many members, and the many members of the body has different functions, a different way to do things, but the body has to function as one, even though it has many different parts. He says the church is to be the same way. The church from all walks of life, all these people come with different talents and different abilities, and Though there are many, the church is to be one. It's to function in one, and to move as one, and to grow as one. And the way the church does this is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So Paul reflects on these three things, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, about how we're to grow and move as a church. I do want to say for all you teachers, and if you've worked in the medical field or worked at a doctor's office or at a pharmacy or something, I'm going to totally destroy the human anatomy. No idea what I'm talking about when I say what I'm saying as it relates to the body. But I hope by the end of it, it makes somewhat sense of what I believe God wants us to do. So this morning I'm going to do an overview of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and get into the point of my sermon. I'm hoping by the time I get to point 6 of the overview, that will stay up here on the screen because ultimately... 
That's where I want to go this morning. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, number one, gifts of the Holy Spirit are important in verse 1. In verses 2 and 3, he says, once you were lost in your old way of life. He says, true believers confess and honor Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that leads them to this confession. Anyone who calls Jesus a curse is not led by the Holy Spirit. This is important because these people, he called them Gentiles. So they worshiped false gods and temples and stuff. And if you read in the book of Acts, there was sorcery, there was witchcraft. There was all kinds of things that was going on that we say is evil. And people were trying to do things and what they said was in Jesus' name. But Jesus Christ was not their Lord. And Paul says anybody who speaks by the Spirit of God cannot say Jesus Christ is a curse. I liken that today to when people come to you and say, yes, Jesus is a form of God, but he's not God. He was just a man. He was a figment of your imagination. But Jesus Christ is Lord. He died. He rose again. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the only way to get to God. And any man or woman who denies the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, who does not know him as Savior, they're not to be listened to. Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's King of our lives, and he reigns in our heart. And he says, anybody who does not confess this or does not know this, they are not led by the Holy Spirit. He then says there are diversities in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 4 through 11. He said these gifts are administered in different ways. These gifts operate in different ways. But all these manifestations that are given are given for the growth and uh, rights of the church so that the church can grow as a body, can move as a body, and understand as a body. It is Christ through the Holy Spirit that these gifts function as one. Paul shows this by analogy of the human body in verses 12 through 27. He says the church, like the human body, is one in verse 12. Yet the church, like the human body, is made up of many members. Every church member, just like the human body, is important. Each one depends on the other one to make the body function. This is seen in the workings of the church in verses 28 through 30. Those without these giftings, Paul says, should not feel inferior. Those with these giftings should not look down on those who don't have these gifts. He says, you are one body. As such, you should love and cherish each other. He says, there's nothing wrong with desiring these kind of gifts. But the true object of desire that should always be is love. In verse 31, when he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way, he defines it in chapter 13. It is love that should drive a man or woman's heart in anything they do in life as a believer. It should be driven by love. After all, was it not love that saved your soul and turned your life around and made you who you are today? I just want to say one thing about the gifts before I really get into my story this morning. And that these were physical manifestations that this group of people was looking for. Preach, teach. Speak in tongues, interpret tongues, being able to heal. These were things that they thought was valuable. And so they looked down on anybody who couldn't do these things. And then they said, well, if you can't do these things, you're not a real person of God. And Paul says, that's not true at all. 
Everybody in the church is important. Everybody in the church has a role. Everybody in the church has a talent. And everybody should use that role and that talent for the glory of God. He says all the gifts are given for the building up of the church. Now he'll use these gifts again in Ephesians, I believe, chapter 4. But he also speaks about other gifts in Romans chapter 12. Hospitality or being a deacon or service. He says all these things matter in the body of Christ. And if one of these things fall, the whole church can fall. So when we come to 1 Corinthians 12 and the verses we're talking about here, he talks about the human body. And now, between now and January 1st, we're going to be inundated with all kind of good food commercials. So from here on out, I'm going to tell a little story, and then hopefully you'll think, well, he, you know, he's still anointed because I am going to get back to the message. But here goes the story about the body. So the body sitting in his chair watching TV one day, and Pillsbury the Doughboy pops up on the commercial. And Pillsbury the Doughboy pulls the oven down and says, Don't you just want these cookies? These cookies look so good in there, and the aroma coming up off of these cookies. Don't you want some of these Pillsbury cookies? The Pillsbury Doughboy makes his claim. The body sitting in the chair, the eyes see the cookies. And the eye says, You know what? I want those cookies. All of a sudden, the belly is communicated with, and now the stomach is hungry. It wasn't hungry before, but the eye said, look at those cookies. And the stomach says, i got to have some of them cookies. So the eye and the stomach now began to communicate with the brain. And they say, brain, is there any Pillsbury cookie packs in the refrigerator that we can get a hold of? The brain starts to think, hey, you know what? There is a pack of cookies. Sweet. The brain... The eyes and the belly start talking to the hands. They say, hands, get real strong, work with the legs and work with the back. Pick yourself up. We're going to go get these cookies. So the body starts to function as one. It gets up and it makes its first step to the kitchen. And all of a sudden, the whole left side goes uh, like this. The knees start hurting. The back starts hurting. There's a pain that shoots up the body into the stomach, and now the stomach says, I'm not so hungry anymore. I have felt a pain. The brain says to the eye, what's going on with this body? But nobody asked the foot if it wanted the cookie. The foot said, you never considered me, so I'm not part of your body. I'm not part of who you are. You didn't ask me if I wanted to go help get the cookie. You took me for granted. But maybe I did want the cookie. But you didn't ask me that. You didn't even consider me because you said I was not valuable in your endeavor to go get that food. And the hands said, well, we really didn't think we needed you. But now all of a sudden they realized they needed that foot to move them to the kitchen. Now they can move to the kitchen to get what they wanted. But what if the cookies were in the freezer and they had to reach up? It can't reach up. The hand can't grab because the foot ain't working right. So now they're all mad. They say, go get back in the chair. The brain says to the eyes, we need to see what's wrong with that foot. The brain says to the hands and to the back, bend over and give a look at the foot. But it can't look at the foot because the foot has a sock and shoe on. They can't see what's going on. 
This is what Paul is saying when he says our uncomely parts we give more honor to. The foot needed more protection. The foot didn't know it needed more protection. But the rest of the body gave the foot the protection that it needed because it knew if that foot got up barefooted, it ain't going nowhere. If it gets a splinter, if it gets a sprain, if something wrong happens to that left foot, the whole body's shot in the wind. So Paul says in Corinthians, we give that foot more honor because we've clothed it more. The eyes, they can blink. They can close when they need to. You are fortunate enough to have hair on your head. I'm starting to realize how important that is, especially when it's raining. And the raindrop hits the bald spot. Boy, it's like a tingling feeling going through your body. But for the most part, the brain and all that's protected. But the foot is out there. Now they're all hurt because the foot hurts. But now they realize you are part of our body because we gave you special protection. We did take you for granted, but we do love you, foot. We do care for you because we gave you a sock and a shoe. That's what Paul's talking about when he speaks about the body. That you think it's less or doesn't feel apart. The foot didn't feel apart, but it was apart because they was taking care of it. The hand didn't think it was apart and needed it, but it did because it clothed it and took care of it. So now the body sits down. They take off the sock. They take off the shoe and the brain says to the parts of the body, everybody bend and eyes you look and see what's going on with that foot. They bend over. The eyes look and on the back end of the hill, he's, the eyes see something. He says, that's absolutely disgusting. What in the world is that? The foot has a big old blister that popped. Boom. And you know, if you got a blister on the back of your hill, man, you ain't going nowhere fast. It's like, okay, here I come. And then when you do that, guess what? Your calf starts getting a cramp. Then goes your back right here. Then, I don't know, your shoulder starts hurting. And then you get a headache. All because of one little lousy blister on the back of your heel. And they say, we can't have that. That cannot be happening here today. So they start to think, brain, we need to think, how do we fix this blister on the back of the foot? The brain starts thinking, you know what? There's some neosporin back there in the cabinet. Can you guys help the foot get up and let's limp back there to the cabinet to get that neosporin? The foot says, thank you. Now they've taken the shoe and the sock off to help the foot out so it don't feel that pain no more. Now they're starting to walk back to the cabinet. The eye says, it's up there. The brain says, hands, grab it. The hand grabs it. Brings it back. We got to go sit back down. They sit back down. They take the little neosporin and they put the neosporin on that blister. And they say, well, that's not enough, man, because you're, you're still kind of exposed there. We need a Band-Aid or some gauze. All right, so we'll take some Band-Aid and we'll take some gauze and we'll get there. And foot, you just go ahead and be healed. We'll all function together. And we know you're hurting, but you go ahead and be healed. This is exactly what Paul's talking about in the church. These gifts are important. There's no doubt about it, man. But the gifts ain't the whole of the church. We are the whole of the church. If one hurts, we all hurt. 
If one's in pain, we're all in pain. Everybody has something to do in the body of Christ, and everybody is important in the body of Christ. Whether you have a particular gift or not, you are important to the body, and we should be taking care of one another. That's the way the church works. And I know people get frustrated and they'll just leave the church. They'll just get right out of there. They don't need me. I don't like what's going on. I don't like the preacher. I don't like the singing. I don't like the deacons. I don't like this. I don't like that. I'll just go somewhere else. That hurts the body, man. It makes the body unable to fulfill what God wants it to do and unable to be whole in its life. Even though it's many members, it's one, and it has to move, and it has to grow at one. And what's even worse, when that person goes to a new church, they just decide to sit in the pew and take it all in and not use what God has gifted them or given them for the body of Christ. They, in their own mind and in their own heart, have said, I'll just retire. I don't know if you can retire in God's kingdom. If you're a believer, it don't matter what church you go to, eventually you're going to see something that needs to be done and you're going to say, I'm willing to do it because you're a believer and you want the church to grow. But eventually when you do go to your new community, you're going to get frustrated there. And guess what's going to happen? Frustration there, boom, you go somewhere else. It hurts the body, man. And the body should never be hurting that way. And it's, it's, it's bad out there in the community when they see church people, no matter what church we go to, fighting and bickering and saying one bad thing about a different church or that church. Leave it alone, man. God will grow it. God will diminish it. God will do what he wants to do with it. It is just my call. The gifts and the ability he's given me is to use them for his glory and his honor and let him figure out the rest. So anyway, he's got the old band-aid on. Well, now the foot's healed. All these members of the body have different functions, administrations, and different things they got to do. But now the foot's healed, and they say, hey, foot, can we move out now? I know you guys love me, the foot says. Let's move out and let's make us some cookies and have a wonderful day on Thanksgiving. We'll take insulin later, but right now we're going to eat them cookies. Let's have at it. You know what I like in that too? The blister is my heart. My heart without Jesus. But Jesus is the Neosporin. Yes, he is. He comes right on my wounded heart. Oh, my God. And he just heals it. And he says, let me heal all your wounds. Let me heal all your hurts. Let me heal all your pains. You are part of me, he says. He died. He rose again for you. And he rose again for me. And he wants to heal our broken, hurt hearts. And he says, just let me come in. I'm the healing bomb that can change your life forever. But maybe sometimes it's not enough. He is enough, but sometimes life gets us, you know. But then that band-aid comes on there. I liken that band-aid to the Holy Spirit because he gets on there and he seals that neosporin to the back of that foot. Does he not? When you were baptized in that water, Paul says the Holy Spirit sealed you until the day of redemption. You were saved. You accepted Christ as Savior. He healed your heart and you were baptized and the Holy Spirit came on you. And Paul says he sealed you. He confirmed you. 
That's what the band-aid does. It seals that wound and confirms Christ in you, the hope of glory. The sock and the shoe could be the word of God. The shoe could be the people of God, us working together. And that's what you do, is it not? Do we not have one that's hurting in our congregation if we have one that's hurting? Don't we bring them love? Don't we gather around them and say, let us be what God wants us to be as a body. When one hurts, we all hurt. And when that person hurts, we run to that person and say, we love you, we care for you, and we will protect you because you are part of our body. And you have meaning and you have significance because of what Christ done on the cross. And we want to heal you and minister to you. This is what Paul says. It is love. It is not the gifts and the abilities. It is the love of the people that do the work. And we just get behind that person and help them wherever they're at in life. There is no big eyes and little shoes. We all work together. But the Bible says if a person is happy and glad, we're to be happy and glad with that person. We're to rejoice with a person when they rejoice. We cry with a person when they cry. Wherever that person is at in life, we go to them. That's what the body does. And I'm going to tell you right now, the body will never be what God wants it to be unless it moves together as one unit. Even though we're many, we are called to move as one people, as one unit for his honor and for his glory. So I just want to finish all that up by saying I hope we are that people, West Alexandria Church of the Brethren. I hope we are the people of God being used by him for his glory and his honor. And when one struggles in the church, we bring healing to him. When one's happy in the church, we lift them up and help them out with what they're doing in their lives. I hope that's who we are this morning, West Alexandria Church of the Brethren. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I thank you for this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Lord, when you show us the body and all of its different parts and the way the body administers itself and to do things it needs to do to be successful. But the body has to function as one unit, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. That's what you said the church has to do. We have to function and flow as one. Everybody is important as everybody else. We are believers. We are the body of Christ. We are to take care and love and help one another. Whatever stage in life we're in because we love you and we serve you. And I know this church is doing that, Lord. Help this church, the West Alexandria Church of the Brethren, be the body of Christ that you want us to be. Let us most importantly, Lord, walk in love toward one another. May you be glorified in everything we say, everything we do, Lord. And may you be glorified, Lord, in the work that we do for your glory. Help us all to have humble hearts. No matter if we're gifted with everything in the world, Lord, or we're not gifted with anything, let us always be humble because of what you've done for us on that old rugged cross. Be glorified in our lives, Lord. Be lifted up now, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.